Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 179 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for changing our hearts as we read your word. Help us hear you and be willing to change, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We have read the Gospels twice now and start a third time today. This is perfect timing because we are almost halfway through the year, so you can see we'll finish the year having read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John four times. Some of my favorite reading is in these four books. We hear the word of God through the mouth of Jesus. We see God's love through his son. We also learn about God's grace through Jesus and so much more. I'm excited to read in the book of Matthew once again. I'll be sharing verses that will speak to me as I read. You will likely find other verses that are meaningful for you. This time through may be more like a devotional style unless God imparts a teachable moment that I might share with you. The introduction to each gospel is interesting, and I encourage you to read it each time we start a new book. Matthew writes about fulfilled prophecy from the Old Testament here in the gospel. He also refers to the kingdom of heaven 33 times. He emphasizes the teaching Jesus does. So let's be the student as we read this book. Let's see what Matthew chapter 1 has to tell us. Matthew starts with genealogy, which I think is fascinating, and again connects us back to the Old Testament. God's perfection is shown here in verse 17, where we see there are 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 generations from then until Christ's birth. Yes, God has everything planned out for generations and generations, my friend. He has our lives planned out perfectly as well. Then we read one of the most precious love stories of all time. We read a synopsis of the Christmas story, which is one of my favorite stories to read. The greatest love story ever written is the one where God sent his son to the earth to die for us. Then we read that Mary was pregnant before marriage and Joseph was potentially thinking about leaving her. However, God sent an angel to him in a dream to tell him to marry her. This marriage may not have ever happened had it not been for God's intervention. And that is a love story in and of itself. Let's see what's happening in the new church in Acts chapter 8. Persecution arises. Yesterday we read about Stephen being stoned to death. Today we read that a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Everyone scattered to other places except the apostles. The first verse tells us about Saul who was heading up much of the persecution. We read that he was pleased and entirely approving of Stephen's death. Then we read Saul treated the church cruelly and with violence and went so far as to go to people's homes and arrest them. Saul, as we know, is later named Paul and is responsible for writing 13 books in the New Testament. Imagine that. We never know when or how God will use us. Saul is a great example of God's plan, a plan that will not be thwarted. God has a plan for your life as well. Next, we read about Philip, a deacon in the church. He isn't the Philip who was one of the original 12 disciples. However, he was gifted with many spiritual gifts. He went to Samaria and was received very well there. Many became believers in Christ, so Peter and John joined him, and they were baptized. We read the story of a man named Simon, not Simon Peter, but a magician of sorts. He also was converted to Christianity. In his story, we read of a heart that believes, but has a way to go to a full transformation. However, he seems to really desire it. He thought money could buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was what his experience had previously taught him. He was rather severely reproached by the disciples for asking, and he said, Pray for me, beseech the Lord both of you, that nothing of what you have said may befall me. He could see the light and wanted to participate in the light. He just wasn't exactly sure how. 
We all misinterpret God's ways, love, and will at times. May we all pray for God to show us more of himself and teach us more of his ways so we can walk in them instead of our own ways. I love the story of the eunuch and Philip. We read about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that goes beyond our ability to fully understand. Philip is eventually swept away from the eunuch's presence after he has been baptized. Let us never underestimate the power of God and his Holy Spirit. Let's see what's happening in 1 Chronicles chapter 25. Here we see there were people who were appointed to prophecy and had musical giftings. We read about the sons of Asaph. If you remember, there are a number of psalms written by the sons of Asaph. When we go through the book of Psalms again, you now see where they were appointed by David to do what they did. There were others appointed as well. One of them was Heman. He was Samuel's grandson, the Samuel the prophet, and was considered one of the wisest men appointed by David. Heman co-wrote Psalm 88 with the sons of Korah. In chapter 26, we read about the gatekeepers who were appointed to serve at the gates of the temple. These were all strong and able-bodied men, able to defend the temple if need be. They were also in charge of determining who was worthy to enter the temple. So they were in charge of who could enter the temple, both physically and spiritually. Verses 5 and 6 deserve a mention here. At the end of verse 6, we see the words, For God blessed him. Looking back to verse 5, this is the key. The house of Obadiah was the house where the ark was stored for a time when David's first attempt to move the ark was unsuccessful. His house, household, and sons were blessed by God. Well, let's see what wisdom Solomon shares with us in Proverbs chapter 29. There are a number of verses touching on wicked leaders, correcting our children, and being hasty with our words. I am drawn to the verses onwards. Verse 11 says, A self-confident fool utters all his anger, but a wise man holds it back and stills it. Let us pray God tames our tongue in the words we say so we are not the fool, but wait and contemplate the words before we say them. Prayer is important here. May we pray about our anger and how to resolve it so we don't heap burning coals on an already burning fire. Verse 20 says, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a self-confident fool than for him. Again, let us be careful with our words, more intentional about our words, and give more prayer and thought to what we say and how we say it. I also enjoyed reading about how the righteous are cared for. Take some time to pick out your favorites and write them down. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you and the power of your Holy Spirit. Bend our will to yours and help us be obedient to your Spirit's promptings. Strengthen us today in every way. May you tame the tongue you have given us. Help us slow down before speaking and allow your Spirit to guide our thoughts and words. May your peace wrap around us like a blanket and quiet any anger we may have in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.